Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Electric Underground Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. So, since this is the first episode, what I'd like to do is just introduce myself, the format of the show, and just hope it doesn't suck too much. Also, keep in mind that I'm pretty new at this, and I do plan on improving. Believe it or not, the idea for a podcast about shmups has been in my head for the past two years. I've even tried to record a few episodes, but kind of gave up halfway through. One reason why I stopped is because I figured someone else would come along and take the reins. I would check the internet constantly for new shmup podcasts, but there was none to be found. I was also hesitant because I feel like I needed to be an elite player or something like that. As time has passed, though, I realized that what would be really awesome is if I created an open format show where all members of the community could have a chance to come on and talk about their experiences. It's one thing to listen to a podcast, to send your questions in and hope they get asked, but I think it's even cooler to have the chance to be a guest on the show. Ultimately, what I would like to accomplish with this podcast is two things. The first is to bring more isolated players, such as myself, out of the woodwork and into this forum. The second is to possibly reach out to other gaming scenes and start to bring them into understanding and appreciating shmups. Plus, I'm a nerd in the mountains of Idaho who has no one else to talk to about this crap, and I just want to geek out a little. So, with all this said, what I'm going to do now is give a sample of the format of the show by answering some of the questions that I plan on asking future guests. Now, I'm not going to ask every guest the same questions because that would be lame, but this is just a general idea of what kind of things I'm going to be asking and talking about. Here's the first question. When did I really start playing shmup seriously? What attracts me to the genre? So a little background about myself. Since 2012, I've been very active in the fighting game community. I basically spent six years playing fighting games and competing in my local scene. However, in 2015, I decided to branch out into other gaming genres, especially ones I could find in the arcade and were single player. I decided what I wanted was to find an insanely brutal cabinet and beat it in one credit. The game I ended up landing on was Metal Slug. Now Metal Slug isn't exactly a shmup, but from Metal Slug I was pushed towards another game, the other game being Dodonpachi. After I decided it would be awesome to one CC Dodonpachi, I was completely hooked on the genre and decided to kind of explore it more and find what other games interested me. From there I think I've got my hands on most noteworthy shmups and have a feel for, you know, the different sub-genres and things like that. As far as what attracts me to the genre, I think the allure comes from a combination of elements. The first is intensity. Shmups do not waste your time. Unlike most types of games, a good STG has the ability to engross the player within a minute of powering on the console. It is no exaggeration to say that every frame ends up mattering and the slightest movement can have a massive impact on how things unfold. Another element that I appreciate is the balance between the player's power and fragility. Sounds kind of weird to talk about, but let me explain. In fighting games, there's a character type known as a glass cannon. A glass cannon is a character that has the ability to unleash massive amounts of damage and offensive power, but shatters at the slightest touch. This is how most shooters are designed, and the feeling of narrowly escaping death every second is exhilarating. Last but not least, I also think it is awesome how difficult shmups are. They are a hardcore genre through and through. Because of the difficulty, the process of learning and performing well in a shmup feels more like an endeavor in art rather than just recreation. 
I like how the genre demands careful study and practice. It certainly adds a sense of accomplishment that isn't typical of other video game genres. Third question, what is my practice routine like? How do I approach improving my skills? I'm not an elite player or anything, so don't take this as something to take to your grave, but I do feel like I have come up with a pretty effective practice routine. Here's a quick breakdown of how I approach getting a 1cc in a new shmup. The first thing I'll do is fire up the game and just quarter feed my way through 8 or 9 times. What I'm doing at this point is just trying to get a feel for how the game plays and see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Plus, I'm also figuring out if I like the game enough to try and one-credit it in the first place. After I quarter feed for a while, I'll actually get out a piece of paper and divide the game up into sections. These sections are based on difficulty and the places that I found I died the most. For example, in Donanpachi, I felt very comfortable at the first stage and never felt like I was in danger of dying, other than to occasional random mistakes. So I just made the first section of practice the entire first stage. In the second stage, though, I found I was at risk of dying at two points. The first was that tank mini-boss that shoots all those purple lines all over the place. And the second point was the end boss, which is also a tank. So what I'd do is I'd place a save state at the beginning of stage 2, and then another save state after the tank mini-boss, leading up to the final boss. In the third level, though, the difficulty gets real. This was the stage where I could get killed at a number of points, not just one or two. So with the third stage, I ended up dividing it into four or five sections and assigning a save state to each section. I would then continue this process throughout the rest of the game, even dividing phases of the final bosses up, so that, you know, the beginning phase would have a save state, the middle phase would have a save state, and then the end phase would have a save state. Next what I'll do is I'll start working on clearing each section consistently without dying. I'll usually work on a section for 20 minutes or so, and then try to switch to another, so I don't get fatigued. One thing I learned about playing fighting games and constantly practicing, you know, one-frame links and really tight combos, is that if you sit and practice the same small section of gameplay over and over for hours, you're really not going to improve in one sitting. You need to divide it up into different sittings, so it is helpful to switch through the different sections and things like that. Finally, after I have all the sections laid out and at least a kind of basic understanding of what I need to do at each point in the game, what I'll then start to incorporate are full stage playthroughs, where I'll start stage 3 and just try to get through it without dying. If I do, I'll restart and do that over and over until I feel like I can get, you know, 7 out of 10 attempts, I can get through the stage. From there, really, it's just a matter of piecing things together, you know, starting stage 1, stage 2, stage 3, and so forth. That's a lot simpler than it sounds, but if you have this basic strategy already developed, what you can do is, let's say you make a mistake in stage 3, you can continue to play and hopefully make up for that mistake and finish the game. That's actually what happened in my playthrough. So that's kind of the basic strategy of how I approach getting the 1cc, and if you find you're dying a lot in the same place over and over, you should make a safe state at that place, you know, get it consistent, and then try to move on from there. Fourth question, what is my local scene like when it comes to shooters? Am I isolated, or is there a community of players? There's actually a very simple answer to this question. As far as I'm aware, I am completely isolated. I'm sure there are other people in my area who may have a passing interest in shmups, but there certainly isn't a scene of any kind. It would be awesome, but right now there's nothing like that.
Next question. What is my preferred home setup for playing shmups? Do I play on modern monitors or CRTs? So I'll come clean in a minute now. I'm kind of a CRT junkie. At this point, I have three at my apartment and two at my parents' house. I do own a nice Asus monitor as well, but these days I only use it sparingly. When it comes to playing shmups, my preferred setup is a giant Sony Trinitron. I'm not exactly sure how large it is, but the thing is so big I had to drag it out to a storage shed. That's where I play it. Maybe this is just because I'm an American, but when I play shooters, size definitely matters. I cannot play on a little cropped monitor. I need that screen real estate baby to make sure those nerve dodges are clean and I can see what the hell is going on. Another aspect of why I prefer CRT monitors is how alive the game feels on an analog display. Call it nostalgia, but to me there is something visceral about playing on a CRT. To younger listeners out there who may not be familiar with these types of TVs, what's unique about them is there's actually a high voltage gun built inside. That's why they weigh so damn much. This gun, the cathode ray, is what blasts light onto the glass of the TV. No frame buffer, no display lag, just pure electricity. The raw power gives it a life that can't be replicated by digital displays no matter the resolution. At least in my opinion. With all that said though, I'll admit, more often than I like, I do just sometimes flip my laptop sideways and play shmup main on it that way. It's far from ideal, but if I'm feeling lazy it is convenient. Also, if you're a PC gamer and you are wondering is there a way to run shmup main on a CRT without adding a bunch of input lag, there is. What you need to find is a special video processor called an Extron Emotia. What this thing does is basically takes the 40p signal from your computer's VGA and reduces it down to 40i or 240p. If you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, don't worry about it. I'll go into more details about this in another episode. Also, here's another little tip. If you're like me and you like to flip your CRT sideways to play vertical shooters, you'll notice that often your colors will get all funky, reds will become green, they'll be purple at the bottom of the screen. There's actually a way to fix this. All you need to do is that while your TV is still sitting sideways, power it off and then power it back on. On most CRTs, this will activate the degausser and correct the colors. On some CRTs, this doesn't work though, and I don't know why. Up next, what is my preferred input method? Stick, pad, keyboard, and why? Right now, my preferred method of playing shmups is using a custom arcade stick that I built. Building arcade sticks is another hobby of mine. Some projects end up being pretty impressive, others are just plain dumb. For fun, I'll attach some photos to this post to show what I'm talking about. Anyway, the stick that I'm using now is based on the Hori Real Arcade Pro 5. The reason why I say it is based on the Real Arcade Pro 5 is because no parts of the stick, other than the case, are original. I have gone through and replaced the wiring, the buttons, the PCB, and the lever with my own preferences. For the aficionados out there, I'll go ahead and specify what parts I ended up choosing. For the lever, I use a Korean model rather than a Japanese. The case stick that I use is called the Fanta Taeyang. It's my personal choice for fighting games as well as shmups. The buttons I use are a combination of white gamer finger buttons and orange sanwa buttons. 
If you're a stick player and you have a real arcade pro, I highly advise that you change your buttons because stock Hori buttons are awful, plain and simple. My PCB of choice, which is basically the brain of the fight stick, is the MC Cthulhu. If you're a shmup player, I would recommend getting a Cthulhu because it is not only extremely responsive, but has the ability to connect to all kinds of different things. It can connect to PC, PS3, PS2, Dreamcast, Saturn, SNES, Xbox, pretty much any other retro console. Sadly, this recommendation isn't as useful as it once was, as the Cthulhu seems to have been discontinued and is difficult to find. As far as gamepads go, even though they're not my preferred method of playing, I still do use them from time to time. I have a pretty fair collection of some uncommon ones that I thought would be interesting to talk about. My favorite pad, hands down, is the rare Sega Saturn PS2 controller. If you're a pad player, I advise trying to get your hands on this thing. The only problem, of course, is that it's extremely expensive and hard to track down. The way I got mine is by buying a broken one off eBay and then replacing all the wiring with wiring I cut out from a DualShock 2. Another pad that I think is fun to play with, though not that great performance-wise, is the Neo Geo PS2 controller. What makes this thing unique is that it has a little joystick built into it, rather than a D-pad. The buttons are also extremely good, some of the best buttons I've ever used. The drawback of the Neo Geo pad, though, is that the built-in joystick needs to have more resistance. It feels a little flimsy at times and too light for touch. It would be amazing otherwise, though. Perhaps in the future, if I'm feeling up to it, I'll do some studying and see if there is a way to increase the resistance of the joystick. Keyboard-wise, I don't tend to play on keyboard, but every so often when I'm working on GameMaker, I will. Overall, my only advice is if you are a keyboard player, I look into getting a nice mechanical setup rather than using some crappy Dell Office keyboard or something like that. A common debate that often comes up, especially in the world of fighting games, is which input method is the best as far as performance. It's a good question to ask, I think, as I believe certain methods of control are better than others. Personally, in my quest to answer this question, I've spent the last five years of my life building and modding more arcade sticks and gamepads than I would like to admit. Usually when people address this question, the answer is something like, oh, it doesn't matter, just play with what you're comfortable with. In one sense, I do agree with this idea, but I think there's more to the question. For example, let's take a pad player who's using an Xbox 360 controller. If this player asked me outright if switching to arcade stick would improve his gameplay, I would answer yes. Yes, it would. After a week or so of getting used to the stick, his performance would improve. This is because the 360 pad is an unresponsive piece of garbage, no matter how comfortable you are with it. On the other hand, if that same player used a high-quality Sega Saturn controller, I would say that switching to stick probably wouldn't make much of a difference, as a Saturn controller is a piece of art. In other words, when it comes to your preferred method of control, stick, gamepad, keyboard, just make sure you're using the best version of that method possible. That is what makes a difference. This then leads to the follow-up question, how do you decide if your current way of playing is sufficient? How do you know if you need to change things up? Well, while there's no definitive answer to this question, I have a criteria that I follow that I'll go ahead and share with you. The first thing that I look for is consistent diagonal movement. What I mean by this is to check to see if you can go from idle to moving in all four diagonal directions without wavering whatsoever. 
We want perfect, clean lines. No wobbling, no hooking. As you can imagine, this first test usually destroys things like the 360 controller. Especially if you're going from backwards and then suddenly shifting to up left. The next criteria is micro movements. How consistently can you adjust your ship by just a few pixels? Especially in the diagonal directions. Again, this test is tough on crappy pads. As well as arcade sticks that are too heavy and snappy. American sticks suck at this test. Actually, American sticks just suck at everything. I'd recommend avoiding them altogether. The next thing I do is the zigzag test. This is a check to see how consistently you can move in a symmetrical zigzag pattern and how immediately you can change direction. With sticks, the trouble is getting that immediate change in the cardinal directions. And with pads, the trouble is keeping that flight pattern clean and not wobbling too much. I do this test for both up and down as well as side to side. The last thing I do is a simple circle test. How easily can you fly a decent circle? For both the D-pad and arcade stick, this is usually pretty easy. On keyboard though, this can be kind of tricky, but doable with practice. In the end then, when looking at the tests above, this is how things shake out. From a pure theoretical viewpoint, if you gave a cyborg a pad, a joystick, and a keyboard, the input methods that perform best would be the keyboard and the joystick. At the bottom would be the gamepad. However, a quality gamepad is only slightly worse than the other two, so if you're a pad player through and through, you'll be fine just using a gamepad. In the end though, what I'd actually like to emphasize is that I think it's important for gamers to expand their horizons and learn to play all three input methods somewhat comfortably. Versatility seems to be a trait that is undervalued these days. I understand that sticking to what you know is nice and comfortable, but I do think you have a lot to learn by trying new things, and you'll gain a new perspective by trying a keyboard or joystick or pad, rather than just sticking to one or the other. Plus, if you're only ever playing on keyboard and pad, you're never going to have as much fun at an arcade. Here's the next question. What shmup am I currently playing? Do I play for survival or score? Right now I'm currently playing Donompachi Daeju, or Daeju, however you pronounce it. I've been playing the game for 3 or 4 months now with the goal of getting a 1cc of the first loop. And compared to the original Donompachi, Daeju is on a whole nother level. This game is ruthless. It will take your lunch money and slap your mother. One of the many samples of insanity is that the final stage happens to contain a boss rush of all the original Dodonpachi bosses. The final two stages are also twice as long and seem to stretch on forever. Currently I'm playing for survival, but I do plan on playing for score once I improve. Next up, what is my favorite shmup? Funnily enough, Dodonpachi Deiju is my favorite shmup, and I'm not just saying that because I've been playing it for the past four months. I could go on and on about how great it is and why it's my favorite, but I think I'm going to save all that for another episode. For right now, I'll just leave it as my favorite. As a bonus, I'll mention that another shooter that I'm a big fan of, which isn't talked about as much, is Guenge. So, do I have any pet peeves when it comes to shmup game design? Like everyone else, I have my fair share of pet peeves. One that particularly drives me insane is when you have to do a bunch of power-up chasing. Raiden specifically is really dumb about this. Not only are the power-ups flying around the screen at mock speed, but you also have to carefully time when you pick them up. 
otherwise you will lose your power-up level. What subgenre do I prefer the most? Do I have a favorite developer? I'm sure this answer is going to sound all too typical for some listeners, but what can I say? My favorite subgenre of shooters is vertically scrolling Don Maku. My favorite developer, by a country mile, is Cave. I'm really hoping they're going to finish porting the rest of their games to PC and start putting them on Switch as well. To end things off, I would like to talk about what changes I would like to see happen for the shmup community. Right now, when I take a look at what is happening with speedrunning, I have to admit, I'm a little jealous. What was once an extremely niche and kind of strange hobby five years ago is now becoming massively popular. Having some experience with speedrunning, I also can't help but notice its close parallels to playing shmups. Personally, I do believe that there is a certain subsection of the speedrunning community who will fully embrace shooters with the proper exposure. I also feel like the fighting game community could also be a source of potential interest, maybe. I'm not an event organizer or anything like that, but one idea that I think would be awesome and add some excitement to the scene is if we organize some semi-competitive events, like the AGDQ races. I, for one, would love to see a bunch of high-level players facing off at the same game, watching how they adjust their strategies in a live setting. Another idea that I have is maybe putting up bounties for high scores in certain games. For example, let's say I want to see a bunch of people competing for a high score in Pro Gear. I could then put up a bounty and kind of renew interest in the game. Plus, I remember reading in full extent of the jam that Prometheus was inspired to play Gwenge because of an online tournament and a small cash prize. Ultimately, I think a small boost of motivation goes a long way in these types of things. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, I think the scene would benefit immensely from an increase in content. For my part, I am hoping this podcast does make some progress towards this goal. Another project that I'm also interested in working on in the future is an in-depth video guide of how to practice and improve at shmups. I know that when I was learning fighting games, it was guides like this that really helped push me from being casual to being a dedicated player. So, that's pretty much all the questions I have for today. I know the episode is kind of short, but I wasn't sure how long you guys would want to hear me monologue anyway. From this point forward though, future episodes will feature guests and kind of have a more informal style. So I'd like to thank you very much for listening, and I'm just going to try to keep at this and see what interest there is out there. I'll see you around.